Mostly cloudy and minus two in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A bizarre series of carjacking attempts in Calgary yesterday. Police believe a woman tried to carjack another woman driving a black Honda CRV that was stopped at red light around 1 p.m. The suspect had got into the front passenger side of the vehicle and tried to grab the keys from the driver, but the driver managed to run away with her keys. The suspect ran away as well, but an hour later, police responded to a witness reporting a woman attempting to force entry into at least three occupied cars that were stopped at a red light as well, including a blue Volkswagen Jetta. No injuries were reported and the suspect was later found and arrested by police at the Earlton Stampede LRT station on an unrelated charge. Police are looking to talk to the drivers of the CRV and the Jetta. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Well, your main routes are in great shape this morning. Just a heads up, we do have a strong glare factor from that rising sun, though, for eastbound and northbound drivers. In the southwest, three right lanes are closed. Eastbound 9th Avenue and 11th Street for construction. Only a single left lane is getting through right now. If you're heading into the downtown core from the west end, you definitely want to watch out for this one. Do you or your child carry an EpiPen? If so, you should know when your device expires. Check the expired date today and visit your pharmacy to renew. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Kay Euston. County officials in northwest Alberta say a fire that followed a report of an early Saturday morning explosion at an oil field lease site is under control and air quality monitoring has been determined there's no risk to the public. Jason Nesbitt, Deputy Fire Chief with the County of Grand Prairie Fire Services, says winds blew smoke from the blaze north instead of east, which it typically does, meaning the smoke blew away from the most populated areas. It also meant the smoke was pushed away from a migratory bird sanctuary on Saskatoon Lake, at least a few kilometers away from the fire. The Grand Prairie Regional Emergency Partnership says in a statement that crews were dispatched to a reported explosion at the Anagata Oil Corporation site at around 2.40 a.m. and found a large fire involving several tanks which contained crude oil and produced water when they arrived. The statement says some residents were told by RCMP to get ready to evacuate but the fire was brought under control later in the morning. Nesbitt says there were no injuries reported and that the company's firefighting team had reached the site and were taking over the job of putting the fire out. Some huge developments south of the border to start the long weekend as the U.S. Centers for Disease Control gives a green light for fully vaccinated Americans to resume all forms of travel. Global's Reggie Cicchini has the latest. In the race to return to normal and amid a vaccine effort that's now reached nearly 20% of the U.S. population, moving around is becoming a reality for millions. The CDC says fully vaccinated Americans can now travel domestically without a need for a COVID test or self-quarantine measures. Overseas travel is also allowed once again, but the guidance says testing and quarantine rules required by the destination will still need to be adhered to. It comes as the number of air travelers continues to break pandemic records. But not all are fully vaccinated, and that can pose a risk to vulnerable populations, especially with variants becoming more predominant. The new travel guidance also says travelers must remain masked and continue to practice social distancing and hand washing. Science has still to determine if vaccinated people can spread the virus. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington. It's minus two at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening and uh, happy Easter to everybody out there. And uh, depending on what part of Calgary you live in, there's lots of Easter bunnies roaming around uh, out in your backyard. And at this time of year, they're going to be hungry for little things. So a product that works really well is called Bobex. And I would recommend if you live in a lot of the newer areas or some of those older areas where the domestic rabbits have sort of taken over. And in the new areas where the the big uh, native bunny rabbits everywhere are, are they're the big ones that love to chew on your trees, I would either wrap them with a, like a good stucco wire or the Bobex does work really quite well. So I would recommend uh, getting yourself some of that and applying it um, sort of once a month. Unless you get a bunch of rain, you might have to do it a little bit more often. But uh, it really does help. It just tastes really bad. And at, like I said, at this time of year when there's not a lot of new stuff to grow or for them to chew on, they will start chewing on the bark of your tree, especially your fruit trees. They love apples and pears and the cherry trees and things like that so you want to ensure that uh, you don't uh, succumb to any of that damage because it won't be good for your tree so i would uh, I'd definitely recommend looking at something like that and uh i already got a caller on so if you'd like to join me phone lines are open 403-974-825-8255 I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with Andrea. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. How are you? Hi. Good, good. How are you? Well, very well, thank you. A novice gardener who's looking at a raised bed garden and just wondering, um, is there any place I can look or find a a good plan for one? Um, Like, or how do you do, you just go about it as a, regular garden or well for the most part depending on what do you think you want to grow are you going to do you want to do veggies or flowers or just just some veggies so the main thing is is starting with a good soil and you want to have it at least 18 to 24 inches deep um and if you're going to grow lots of root crop like potatoes and carrots and some stuff like that I would do a mixture of like a good garden mix and what you can use is um, like the loam mixed with peat or cocoa moss or, or the black gold. Um, There's all kinds of different things that you can use for that. And you know what, actually I'm going to even help you out, Andrea, since you're the first caller of the day on this Easter Sunday, our good friends and Nathan's going to be calling in in a little bit. We're going to give you a big yellow bag, and that will get you started um, off with the proper soil that you're going to need to fill your raised beds when you get going. All right. Hello. Did we lose her? We lost Andrea. Hello. 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 Hi there. I think I just got cut off, Merle. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened there. Okay. Now you're back. You know what I just I just told you. <laughs> I don't oh, know if anybody yeah. else heard me or not, but uh, um, we're going to help you out. I'm going to give you a big yellow bag from our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. They are the ones that deliver those big yellow bags all over Calgary, really? and there is different mixes. Yeah, since you're just started and 
you're you need you're going to build yourself a raised garden and there's no better way and then you can start with the big yellow bag and that will get you going in the right direction so well thank you so much that's awesome yeah so what you want to do is ensure that you you build it up you want at least 18 24 inches deep 18 24 and yeah and are you thinking of growing root vegetables or more Well, well i was thinking maybe you know some lettuce some spinach some beans that kind of thing Okay. Yeah. yeah. So just ensure it's in a good sunny location, um, and somewhere where obviously where you can water it. Right. And right, with right. the good soil, um, just um, they have a veggie mix in that. And Nathan's going to be on in a bit from Eagle Lake, so he's going to describe to us a bunch of their mixes. Oh, really? So, That's awesome. That's great. So yeah, so you can listen to see what he says, and then you can pick which one you're you're thinking, oh, and. Sure will. Uh, We'll get you hooked up. So I'm just going to put you back on hold, and Carolyn's going to put grab your info, and uh, we'll go from there. So congratulations, and from our good friends down at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply, they're going to take Andrea a brand-new big bag of yellow dirt. All right. Thank you. All right. And I'm not too sure. Jen should be on the line. I'm just going to go to Jen morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. I'm getting all kinds of people coming down looking for you all the time now. So <laughs> It's become a game now. you got to find me in there. Yeah, the, the, actually, we had a really – it was fun. I had, a, had a, one of our customers, listeners, and she goes, who's this Jen person and where is she? <laughs> <laughs> does she does she work Aww. here? And I said, yes. No, she just hangs out down there and comes yeah. in every Sunday just to hang out with us. <laughs> now, and Jen is idea. the Jen is the greenhouse manager, so she runs the greenhouse and and keeps everything looking so nice down there. So Aww, thanks, um, Merle. Yeah. So yeah. Um, again, we're just I, and I just I woke up this morning and I sort of looked at the at the clock and. I, it has the calendar on it. it. Sort of says April fourth. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Not like, the truth. We have three to four weeks really before we we launch this puppy, and uh, we yeah. get to heavy heavy duty <laughs> spring. Yeah, um, although it feels but, like we've launched already in some ways. Hey. Yeah, it's been really quite busy, and the weather's been very nice. April is still that month, though, where you got to be careful. But you, mm, there uh-huh. is some things you guys are bringing in some early annuals. What do you got in stock right now? Uh, the pansies we've bought in, um, they've they've been moving quite quickly, though, because they're so beautiful and, and large. And yeah. so they're actually in the, the original trop house as soon as you walk in. Uh, lots of violas in. We've got some um, already blooming uh, cannas. Well, no, the cannas aren't. The callas are coming up. So cannas yeah. and callas in there right now. And lots of seed geraniums, too, and I think four different colors right now. Um, so we, we you know we're not trying to overstock. We have we have uh, lots of dracaena in to kind of get people started too, and some of their some of their plantings, so they can keep them in the house, obviously, and make an arrangement, and then put it out when the time is right. Um, yeah, that's we have lots of all of those actually. Uh, Freesia is in right now too, in eight inch pots. We still have some banana leaf plants actually for planters. Um, okay, but those you don't want to put outside yet. Well, I, I would think I don't know. Are people putting any of these out, Merle? Because I well, I've been. You know? Pans, you see, you, you can. They're going to get frozen, though, and they will. They're not going to. Um, we used to always put all our pansies out, like when I was growing with that sunny side. Yeah. April 1st would be typically when we put our pansies out. 
So we would uh, we would put our pansies outside. We'd sprinkle a product called Pink Vigoro on them. It's it's similar to our our Green It Up lawn fertilizer. So we'd put that on it, and then they would sit outside. But then that would just harden them off, and they'd freeze solid a bunch of times. <laughs> but they all it always came out perfect. Like by mid May, they were just gorgeous. Early May, they're right. ready to go. So. Okay. Pansies, violas, you can put outside. They're ones that could probably, they will survive, in the, but they will freeze back a bit. Right. Um, but definitely bananas and those canna lilies, you can put them outside during the day. Just right. bring them in and get uh, during the nighttime if it's going to be cold. If it stays above five, you can leave them out. But Same with the, the dracaena and the geraniums, you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, and a lot of people are actually trying to. I don't know what you have a, a suggestion or if you do for timing for seeds. A lot of people are trying to grow their own annuals and uh, and perennials from seeds right now. Yeah, it's harder. It's a, it is a little bit harder for sure. The perennials yeah. take a long time sometimes to germinate. Even when we used to grow our own perennials, we would always bring them in bare root. We very rarely tried to seed a perennial. Yeah. Um, we we'd always bring them in bare root and then transplant them and get them going that way. And uh, it's just it's just too long of a process. But a lot of the annuals, if you want to direct seed, um, even it's a little late for pansies, petunias. You're still you're probably okay. Um, you can still do quite a few of them at this time. You could do your lobelia and, and some of the things direct seed, snapdragons. Uh, and we're like you said, we still got. All of April and most of May, really, before you can put outside. So we got mm -hmm. eight weeks before we can plant right into the garden. So yeah. we, got, we got a little bit of time, but it's uh, it's still if you if you're looking to get some of that stuff a little bit bigger, um, come and get it early. I know we're going to try and have a bunch of stock a little bit earlier, and the next few weeks we're going to bring in a whole bunch of different things. But it, it's hard too because I don't want to send people out with the wrong expectations just because mm -hmm. it's plus 15 yep. thinking that they can go plant outside. So I just really want to make sure that we're, we're given the right message. Absolutely. And there have been a lot of people coming in asking exactly about that um, in terms of putting seeds in the ground right now. Um, you know, whether it's seeding or even their annuals, they're looking for annuals to put in the ground right now, um, trees and shrubs as well. I know yesterday it was amazing. Where's all your trees? It's yeah. still early. It's still yeah. early. Yeah. But you can seed. You can seed spinach, sweet peas, things like that. You could definitely put outside right now. That's um, good now. Yeah. But most stuff, are, it's still cold. So it is still you cold. You want to wait. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what about the houseplants? Anything gorgeous hanging around there that's a little bit different? or? Well, yeah. We have the gardenias back. We don't. We only have two of the standards, but they're back in stock, and so people have been asking about those, and they're beautiful and green, and there's tons of buds on there ready to go, so I kind of don't want them to go. <laughs> yeah, so well, because you get the, the nice green. fragrance from yeah. those as well, right? It's one of my favorite things about working here, yes, the scents that we get. It's fantastic. Um, we do have the bay leaves back in stock. People have been looking for those. Um, uh Lubercii, the Calathea. There's a, is it Lubercii? I think I have, I forgot to ask Jessica about I, that one. So yeah, correct me. I don't know the, I'm it's not beautiful, the. Oh, I bought it, Merle. I bought awesome. it. I brought it home. I added to my collection. So those are in. It's a beautiful green and yellow leaf on those guys. If people are Calathea collectors, um, 
yeah, the, uh, the other thing, I know I'm kind of all over in terms of, of uh, fruits and troughs, but the hanging baskets. I kind of made a list of ones I wanted to talk about. We've got the strawberry hanging baskets in right now, too. So Okay. Yeah, those are really fun, and they're huge. They're 12 inches, um, so you'll get a lot of strawberries out of those guys. And we, and we and notice you have a bunch of bare root raspberries and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. Seed potatoes, they're back in stock, yep. so if you're looking for those, our first batch sold out really quick, so we're fully stocked again with all the seed potatoes, so... Yeah, they're in there, uh, and people should remember, too, to check the annual house, and I'll, I'll be happy to uh, help them out with that, because that's where we're keeping those guys right now. They're not in our trop house, um, and they're yeah, not in the Yeah, it keeps them nice and cool. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so there's that one, too. And uh, the other thing that isn't anything to do with these is uh, those moisture meters. People have been looking for those. Um, okay. We have them back in the trop house. And then all the terracotta. I think you and I have been talking, and same with Zoe. I've been asking yeah. for really large pots. We have giant terracotta pots in right now. They're so beautiful in the back of the house. So it's it's amazing the some of the pots that we got coming in. And I know we had a new collection come in, and one customer came in yesterday. And even before we could put it out into the store, she bought the whole collection. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> on, on Friday. I, yeah, yeah well, she came back actually yesterday. They bought um, they bought more stuff. So yeah, they yeah. they have a great project going on. They're working on so yeah. yeah. So we 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 have some fantastic pots coming in and lots in stock. So um, awesome. All right, well Jen, thank you so much. Enjoy the day. It. Happy Easter. Happy and, Easter, Merle. Uh, and uh, well, let's see if we can find a chocolate egg around that place somewhere. All right. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Take care. <laughs> All right. Bye. See you, Jed. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Year-Round Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up prune it up we got you covered and right now i'm going to go to the phone lines and i'm going to chat with nathan good morning nathan morning merle how are you doing good good happy easter to you yeah same to you hopefully you're and, uh, a nice sunshine somewhere yeah well i'm just sitting in my office actually at my house looking out the window but get to enjoy the get to enjoy the scenery and this is my first Easter Sunday being able to be at home in the morning in probably like eight to ten years. So <laughs> <laughs> since I do the radio show from home now. So um so Nathan's with Eagle Lake Landscape Supply, and you guys are the ones that send out all the big yellow bags all over Calgary. And I always joke that the, I always those are the first uh, flowers that we see. First sign of spring is the big yellow bags when you see them popping up all over Calgary. So um Anything new in the in the big yellow bags this year that, uh, and I know we already had the winner, I already gave the bag away, but uh, Andrea was, uh, she wants to grow a veggie garden. So is there is there different mixes? And maybe you can give us a little rundown of what's in the big yellow bags. Yeah, you know what, Merle, we got a few different mixes, and this year um, we're really excited. We improved our, our base mix. Um, we used a lot of food and yard waste compost in the past, and this year we've added a bit of manure as well. So it's a little bit richer and has a real nice organic content to it. Um, yep. And our veggie blend is what I'd recommend for uh, Andrea. It's a uh, small amount of topsoil and then compost, peat moss, coconut husk, pumice, a bunch of stuff that uh, really helps with quick germination and uh, lots of nutrients and organic matter for 
for a uh, good growing season. Okay. And so what about like for flower beds, like outside, like even this like shrub beds or flower beds, what, what mix, well, most, what other mixes? Most people with existing yards uh, will buy our Alberta gold, which is a mix of peat moss and compost, which really helps to improve our local soil here is pretty high in clay and fairly low in organic. So the peat moss and compost mix helps to uh, liven up that soil, loosen it up, add water. Okay. Capacity, and that's what I so- so that one, Nathan, is is there's no topsoil. It's strictly amendments, which is good. Exactly. There's there's okay. zero topsoil in that blend. That's the biggest seller in the bags is that uh, compost peat blend. Okay, yeah, because that's what's needed. Like you said, we already with our topsoil. Sometimes it's decent, but we are a high clay content. So exactly, and most people are needing to improve their existing soil. So that's that's the product for that. And then we've got a really nice high end uh, mix that we added this year as well. It's it's a uh, living soil mix with stuff like Alberta Gold and then worm castings and soil activator and some kind of higher-end ingredients that uh, would help improve the poor soil conditions. And that one's okay. plant power. Black power? Uh, plant power. Plant power. Yeah. Okay, nice. And that's – it's important like, when people are gardening is to is to start – from the ground up, right? Like you get that nice soil, rich soil. When you stick your hands in there, it just doesn't fall apart on you. You squeeze it; it kind of holds together nicely. Oh, and hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I mean, when when you're investing all the money and time into buying plants and and starting seeds, and you know you want to get some good results in our short growing season, having good quality soil with available nutrients is is really critical. And it is because that's and it's so dry here. Like so many, like, and I see that so often. Like when people are trying to grow things, and they start out, they buy trees and shrubs, and they plant them, they water them first couple times, and it, the water sits on top and soaks in. But it's amazing. Like our soil, just it just takes everything up, and there's not a lot of nutrients in it. Like we're very clay based, so there's not we don't have that organic matter like in Vancouver and a lot of BC when you're near water and things like that like where our soil is somewhat dust so when you when you when you amend your soil and even like with that black gold it's it's nice when you just lay it on top even in the fall or early spring and it sort of works like a mulch and then you can just work it in throughout the season as well as a seasonal amendment oh exactly Merle. And you know what you're right about how quick things dry out here it's such a arid climate we have such a low relative humidity so like you say mulching with uh, soil amendment is a good idea, but even if you want a uh, good establishment with plants, using wood wood mulch products, which we also sell in our bags, um, <clears throat> is a great way to help retain soil uh, moisture as well as add microbial life and have uh, greater plant health. Okay. No. So, um, and what about, do you guys do gravels and things in the bags too, or is it mainly you just stick with the soils? No, uh, yeah. Good question. A lot of people ask that. So we have a landscape supply center on the east side of town, and um, we sell all sorts of aggregates, decorative and and utilitarian, you know, road crushes and crushed stone, that sort of thing. And all those products are available uh, delivered in a bag. Awesome. And uh, and you guys also do lumber from what I I know uh, I know we've we've uh, we've picked up the odd two by four and some things for our landscape projects from you guys. So. 
Yeah, you know what? Actually, this year, due to the supply chain challenges, we just backed away from supplying lumber. Um, okay, this year you're not doing okay? As you're aware, um, being oh. in the supply business, uh, COVID has created a lot of different challenges, and some industries have boomed and some have struggled, but the lumber industry um, is a real strong commodity market right now, and we just weren't able to get a, a reliable source um, this year, so we decided focus on what we're good at which is supplying soils and sod yeah um and um we'll we'll be back with it in the future but um you got to just focus on what uh what you're good at what you're good at uh, i i agree you know and sometimes i wish some of those other stores would do the same because you, you feel bad that you'll see them they'll put plants and stuff in front of their store and it's just they're dead they haven't watered them it's just <laughs> such a waste there's so many plants sometimes you just go just stick with selling whatever you sell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, it, it, and same with the soils right like so for you guys like with the big yellow bag that's awesome so and we already gave today's bag away so which is good so but i got to go nathan and so how do they reach you maybe give us a quick little uh if they want to order a bag at the website bigyellowbag.com or if you have any questions uh, we've got a really engaged passionate staff who loves talk gardening so uh, you can give us a call at 262-5600-403-262-5600. Awesome. Thanks again, Nathan, and uh, have a great day. Yeah, same to you, Merle. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Nathan with uh, Eagle Lake Landscape Supplies, suppliers of the Big Yellow Bag. And i got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. A mix of sun and cloud and four degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Alberta Health is investigating a COVID-19 outbreak involving the P1 variant strain of the virus first detected in Brazil. The Chief Medical Officer of Health says the outbreak is connected to a returning traveler. An update with more details on this outbreak is expected tomorrow afternoon. Canada hit two significant milestones in its battle against COVID-19 this weekend. The country's total tally of COVID cases soared past 1 million on the same day a 6 millionth dose of a vaccine was administered. And a COVID-19 mass immunization site is opening at the Calgary TELUS Convention Centre tomorrow. As the site scales up, it'll be able to immunize up to 5,000 Albertans per day who wish to be vaccinated. It's four degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And again, just a quick reminder on those big yellow bags when you are done with them. We have a partnership with Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. When you bring those back to spruce it up, we give you some spruce bucks to spend in the garden center so uh feel free when you're done with those bring them down we recycle them we send them back to eagle lake and uh it's a good little program and it gives you some spruce box to to spend as well i'm going to go to the phone line we're going to go to norma good morning norma hi there happy easter happy easter to you as well thank you i have a couple of questions Last okay. Sunday afternoon, I went to check my front flowering bed, and I have a flowering crab in there that's about three years old, and saw that the bark was all cracked, like it had had a sunburn, and it could have, because of course I have lots of snow there, and it's on the west side. 
Then yep. I remembered in your show last Sunday that I heard you say the word balsam because somebody had had uh, some problems with the bark on their trees. <coughs> yes. Should it's I a product called that? Lac Balsam. Um, I, what I would, is it right at the bottom, like the, the bottom the six inches? Chunk, right from top to bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one, I would, uh, I would definitely look at filling it in um, just to seal it up. Mm-hmm. With and, black balsam? Uh, yeah, you could definitely use that. It, that uh, that would work great. Just fill it in with a nice, just keep it nice and neat in that uh, crack, fill it in. That will help seal it up and hold the moisture in. It's okay. definitely a frost crack. So. Okay, now should I wrap it, wrap the whole no, trunk as well? No, 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 no. 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 What you about don't, in don't the fall? Before winter. No, I, I I would just when you seal it up with the lac balsam, that should be fine. Okay. You, you what you can do, you can put like a loose like some of that wax cardboard, or or you can get those tree wraps like the white or the. You just don't want to wrap it too tight because I don't like mm, wrapping okay. the trunk. I I like to make sure they breathe. Okay. So you can use like the big old pipe or something to use that the wax cardboard and i kind of wrap put a square around it just mm -hmm. for the winter time but okay. not right tight like a couple inches away so it can breathe okay um, and you have lots of black balsam in your store yes we do okay wonderful now the second question is about my katoni aster hedge i had to cut it down right to, almost to the ground two years okay. ago because of the oyster scale now, yep. it's full of leaves from the Cotoneaster and from everybody's trees around here. And it, I'm wondering if I should have all of that stuff blown out of it. Yes. You want to do a really good cleanup, especially okay. in the spring. Yep. Do a really nice clean and get one of those soaker hoses if you don't have one, like the sweating hose ones that yes. just leak mm -hmm. the water out. Mm -hmm. Give it a really good watering here, like once you get into mid-April, early May. Okay. And then if you give it a shot of fertilizer, like with the 20-20-20 or something like that, rage it'll work? really just push. Rage would be great as well. Okay. All right. Because I have rage. What about ladybugs at this time of the year? Somebody said, well, don't move any of your leaves yet because the ladybugs are laying their eggs. Is that, and that right? They are. Like I've seen some ladybugs out already. I've seen them a couple of weeks ago. Um, so you can wait a little bit, but with a blower, if you're just blowing them out, you just don't want to damage them or throw them away. Like to sort of, you want to clean it out yeah. so you get rid of the if there's any of the scale or the That's old That's what I was leaves. afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. That's Alrighty. Great. Thank you so much. And what time does your store open tomorrow? We're open. Oh, we're open at nine to six every day. Oh, okay. Great. Thank All right. you so very Th much, Merrill. Appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And I get a little bit more time. I'm going to go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi, Merle. Hi there. Happy. How can I help you? Um, last Happy Easter to you as well. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, last year I have calla lilies, and I got them ready and took all the soil off and put some peace moss in a paper bag and put the bulbs in there and covered them. So my question is, when can I take them out of there and do I plant them in a smaller container and then transplant them to a 
larger one, or and when do I do this? Yeah, actually, you wanna you wanna get your bulbs out probably right about now is a great time. I'd plant them into a one or two gallon pot. Uh huh. And and uh, grow them, and get them going, and then you can put them outside during the day and some of that. Just watch the night temperatures um, mm -hmm. once they're up. But and then you can plant them outside once you get into uh, last week in May, first week in June, sort of thing. Oh, so okay, I can do it any time now. Yeah, I would do it early. I would do it now, though, like now in the next week or two. Um, okay. That way, get some good and established, so that way there you can enjoy them throughout the summer. And keep them watered and moist. Yep, yeah, not too wet though. Just water them like you would regular. Okay. Like water them good the first couple times. Let them dry out in between, and you'll okay. be good to go. Awesome. Thank you very All much. All right. Bye bye. All right. Thanks, Linda. Bye bye. And I got a little bit of time. I'm gonna go to Iris. Good morning, Iris. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, uh thank you for taking my call. We have a very um, invasive, strangly vine uh, weed uh, encroaching on our, just strangling our potent tillers, and it's moving over to the uh, junipers and stuff, and it's just out of control. I was just wondering to save the potent tiller, because I'm, I'm thinking of ripping them out. Um, can we use a spray to kill that viney weed? If you trace it back to where the roots and stuff are, absolutely. You can use like a roundup or something like early spring when it first starts coming up out of okay. the ground. If you, this, obviously you can't spray it when it's all over your over your potentillas and that because it it will it'll kill the potentilla yeah, if you spray so we have it. Yeah, to get right down and spray right. To the yeah, ground yeah. So early spring, it. just yeah. yeah, watch when it's coming up, and okay. just spray it when it starts coming out of the ground, and that that's a perfect time. Okay. Also, um, in my raised gardens last year, we hauled a bunch of horse manure over to the gardens, and I worked it in last fall. I'm going to work it in again later on this spring. What kind of soil is that recommended? Well, I guess I should have asked before we did it. But what kind of soil do I mix with that just to neutralize the fertilizer? Well, and the how... Manure? The main thing is, so you want to make sure it's aged manure. If it was just right out of the horse into the garden, it's, you'll it's cause sometimes. Near, near too old. Okay, that's perfect. It's been yeah. aged, so that's yeah. great. So just, um, you can just mix that into your soil. Like just spread it out two or three inches thick over top of your existing soil, right. and then just if you have a fork or something, just dig down, break up the soil, work it into the soil. That would be perfect. Okay, and and. Uh, so for planting for fertilizers, that that should be good for a while for the fertilizers for the plants. That, that will give you. Extra. Yeah, it, it'll probably need a little extra. So you can you can use a granular like an eight four five um, groundskeeper pride. There's a, in a few different. We have the evolve uh, vegetable. Okay. To, yeah, we have a few different ones that you can mix into your soil and uh, and just add a few more amendments for sure. Okay, thank you Alrighty. so much. Thank you. Have a great day, Bye. Iris. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when I get back, I'll hit the phone lines. And also, I'll be answering some texts. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And... 
getting quite a few questions asking about uh, their lawn. Is it too early? Um, it still is a little bit too early unless you're like full sun, totally dried out. Um, you can go, you can give it a light raking. You just don't want to start digging in the roots too much yet because it's still probably just thawing out. It's a little bit moist probably in there. So you just don't want to tear everything up. Doing a little light raking on top if you have some excessive leaves or or any of the mouse um, damage and stuff throughout your lawn, you can definitely do that. Give it a light raking. You can apply the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer at this time. It'll work its way down in there and be ready when it does warm up a little bit more and get going. You did, But you just don't want to push it too, too early. Like I said, April is kind of that messy month where we can still get some cold. Um, we've had minus 20 in April quite a few times. So you just don't want to want to go there and uh, get things going too early. But you can definitely get out giving a light rake, put your fertilizer on if you like already, and that would be fine. And when you're out there, just you can looking for ladybugs and any other issues on your trees and shrubs, broken branches, things like that. You can prune those off. Um, your Carl Forrester grasses, you can cut those right down to the ground right now is a good time to do that. So, uh, yeah, actually, when I was out, I cut some pussy willows yesterday. I was walking near a body of water, and there's some gorgeous pussy willows. So I cut a few of those and brought them home yesterday, which is nice. And I'm going to go to the phone line right now. We're going to chat with Terry. Good morning, Terry. Happy Easter, Merle. Thank you. Happy Easter to you as well. How can I help you? Hey, uh, I live out here uh, in Cramond, north of Sundry and between Caroline and Sundry, actually. Yeah. And uh, roses. I'm looking for a yellow rose, and it doesn't seem to, none of the garden centers around here seem to have any. Do you guys have them in stock? Yeah, we will have. Uh, it's still a little bit early. Typically, we'll get our roses in the first couple of weeks in May. I, I typically okay. wait around May 10th, Mother's Day, before I bring roses in. And uh, we definitely, yellow roses are really quite sought after too, but there is the one yellow rose. Um, it comes out, blooms really early, the, the Persian yellow. and uh, it, But yeah. it only blooms once. And so, but we also have some like sun sprite roses. We have quite a few other hardier variety, hardy varieties of yellow rose. So you just got to... And typically, like I said, mid-May until June, we still usually have quite a good selection. And then they come in throughout the season. But yellow has definitely been sought after, and they are harder to come by. But we definitely have quite a few coming this year. I know I've booked a, a lot of yellow roses because mm -hmm. they are sought after. So we do have so we do on, have a bunch on, coming in. On that second uh, yellow rose that you said, uh, does it bloom longer than uh, the first we, one? Yes. Yeah, the Persian yellow blooms once for last for a couple of weeks and then it's done. The like the sun sprite and a few of the other ones, they will bloom. Sun sprite. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they'll bloom all summer long for the most part. Okay, and about the first of May or somewhere in there to, to you guys Absolutely. will have them in stock. Okay, perfect. Uh one more question if I may. Yes. I've had some hanging uh strawberries from last year. I put them in storage. And uh, I was wondering uh, what the chances are to bring them out and to rejuvenate, whether I should uh, give brand new uh, potting soil in there or or what? I, I, I definitely would. I would I would break out the chunk of where the plant is 
and then dump a bunch of the old soil, put some new potting soil in there, and then just start watering them and sort of see. You could even just leave the pot the way it is and start watering them and just see if there's some life there. And then if they start sprouting, you can just transplant them at that time as well. Oh, okay. Well, that would that be might easy. Be a, yeah, absolutely. Give her a shot, and away you go, Terry. Okay, Merle. I'm going to yep. venture over here to uh, Bearberry Gardens and see what's happening over there this year. I didn't make it last year, but they're missing you. Yeah, no, and that's a place that's an uh, awesome place to go find your water plants as well. Like They have a lot of the the native varieties of water lilies that will survive if you have any ponds or things like that. Yeah, so exactly. it's a great place to, and beautiful geraniums out there. So yes, I'll have to do. take a cruise out there. All right. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you, Merle. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. going to go to the phone line, and we're going to go to Jane. Good morning, Jane. Hi, Merle. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. Thank you. Um, We have uh, eight cedars in our yard, and uh, last year one of them started to curl up, the, the fronds or whatever you call them, and it turned completely brown. Now another yeah. one is doing that. And yeah. they're so beautiful. They were planted back probably in 1996, and yeah. I want to save them. Um, what can I do? Um, unfortunately, when they go brown, mm-hmm. um, they probably succumb to winter desiccation. And okay. cedars are... It's it's always 50-50, and I see quite a few of them. All of a sudden, they do great, great, great. And then what happens is even we've been getting our falls have been really dry lately. Yes. Yeah. Like from September, October, November, and even into mid-December. Typically, we haven't had snowfall yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. And that's when it's vital for those to stay moist in the ground. So. Um, if you are trying to have cedars in your garden, it's really important that you do fall watering. And I right did up fall and, watering. I did okay, that. Good. But should I be, like on nice days like today and that, should I be watering, watering, watering? Or Yeah, it, it doesn't hurt to go give them a good shot of water, um, hose them down, yeah. wash the dust out of them for sure. Yeah. And, and 301010 is a good fertilizer. Uh, they also love like bark mulch around them because it helps keep them frozen too. Because okay. typically, if you have the cedars or if they're in a south or west location, and they're usually closer to a house when they That's survive. That's exactly what ours are like. Yeah, and then the ground thaws out, and then they they just dry out. They just they they just don't have enough moisture in the ground, and then okay. they, then the and then the foliage dries up. And if they go completely brown, sounds like that is what you've had. Um, I would almost going to say, unfortunately, it's going to be done to try yeah. to revive okay. it. It's a that would be a battle. So okay, <laughs> well, no, if I'm you're not, in Kelowna, I... <laughs> yeah, maybe in Kelowna and stuff, but um, yeah, just start with something new. I think I would do. 
Okay, so water the ones that are still green Absolutely. and uh, the other ones lost. Okay. Yeah, and get some mulch around there. Like, you, you just, I just have put some that, good bark yeah. mulch. Okay, good. Yeah, and then, like I said, you just it's just so dry, right? Like, it's yeah. amazing how fast it goes. And, and these warm days when it's plus 15 in April, plus 20 we've already had. <laughs> And it yeah. just just sucks the moisture, just like your how you feel when you're outside, right? You can also use a product called Wilt Proof. Oh yeah, and that okay. works really well for cedars. And so I typically spray it on in September, yeah. and it's like a lip, lip balm for cedars and your tender <laughs> evergreens. Okay. I know I joke about that, but that sort of <laughs> I try to make it relate to something that we can all relate to when our when it gets dry here and your lips are chapped and everything feels like uh, so. Can you use it? Is it worth trying it in the early like now, or is it too late for that? It, it for the one that's dead, it's too late because it's going to be really hard to try to rejuvenate that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the other ones, it wouldn't hurt to to give them a shot just to hold the moisture in. But I think okay. I'd I'd wait till the it's, if they've already survived this winter, I would just water them, do the thing, and then I would kind of wait till next fall, I think, okay. just because let the new growth come out, let them do their thing, fertilize them with 30-10-10, don't go too early, water them a couple times, fertilize about first week in May, okay. and, then, uh, and then you can fertilize them every couple weeks until July, and then uh, mm -hmm. start slow them down, and then apply the wilt proof starting in September. Okay, and I can get that 30-10-10 at uh, Spruce It Up? Yep, and the okay. Wilt Proof as well. Okay. All right. Well, have a great Easter. Thank you. You as well. Thank okay. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's, it, it's unfortunate with our how dry it is here and the desiccation that we do get. It, it is really tough. So <clears throat> I'm going to do a few texts here really quickly, then I'm going to go to the phone lines after the break. Good morning. I have a beautiful blooming orchid, but its leaves are wilt are wilting and weatherly terrible. Too much water, not enough. Too much light. Um, it's typically not getting enough water. When the leaves get really that, it's just not getting enough in around the roots. So I would ensure that it's getting good light and and just water thoroughly, like whether it's in rocks or if it's in sort of a moss or a or a orchid bark. You just want to ensure, unless the leaves are getting kind of old too, you can just, some of them, if they're the lower ones and the ones up top are nice and smooth and, and still in good shape, you can cut off some of the old ones. But I, I would just say it's probably not enough water is uh, is what I would guess it is doing. If you, And uh, if you want, if you could take a picture of it, you could always stop in the garden center too. And, and one of the girls or guys down there would be more than happy to help you out with that as well. And here we go. We've got another text here. Hi, Merle. Looking for some advice on maintenance on my blue arrow junipers. We did them up right now. Wondering if we trim them. Okay, sorry. This was a little harder one. These ones are gorgeous. He's down. He's in Cranbrook, so he's uh, rubbing it in that he can grow blue arrow junipers beautifully. They're leaning a bit. I would uh, try to stake them up. You can even tie some of your loose ones up where they're kind of loose. You can get some twine, tie them up a bit, and hopefully it'll train them back in to staying upright and uh, and trim them up for sure. Now's a good time to trim, shape any of your junipers and things like that if they're growing over your sidewalk or, or things that you have growing like that. So I would definitely do that. 
at this time before the new growth comes out because then it's harder to get them to go back further. So right now is a good time to, if you want to shape any of your upright junipers or ones that are the horizontal ones on the ground just so they're not crawling over your sidewalk, etc. And I'm going to take a break for the news. It's already 10 o'clock. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and 4 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Keeping in mind that the latest COVID-19 numbers are actually infections from two weeks ago with no new health restrictions since then and more infectious variants, it's looking like things will keep getting worse for now. Global's Thomas Diaz has more with the latest. Over the course of Friday and Saturday, Alberta Health says an estimated 2,200 Albertans were diagnosed with the dreaded disease, with half of Saturday's numbers consisting of variants of concern. One of the most concerning is the P1 variant from Brazil, and Alberta's top doc, Dina Hinshaw, says Alberta Health is now investigating a, quote, significant outbreak of the variant in the province linked to a returning traveler. There's no further information on the outbreak, though, including its location, with Dr. Hinshaw saying health officials are reaching out directly to those at risk of exposure. She says we'll get a further update on the outbreak Monday, along with the number of COVID-related deaths recorded over the long weekend, with the province on the verge of surpassing the 2,000 mark. Thomas Dias, Global News. A bizarre series of carjacking attempts in Calgary yesterday. Police believe a woman tried to carjack another woman driving... A black Honda CRV stopped at a red light around 1 p.m. The suspect had got into the front passenger side of the vehicle and tried to grab the keys from the driver, but the driver managed to run away with her keys. The suspect ran away, but an hour later, police responded to a witness reporting a woman attempting to force entry into at least three occupied cars that were also stopped at a red light, including a blue Volkswagen Jetta. No injuries were reported, and the suspect was found later and arrested by police at the Earlton Stampede LRT station on an unrelated charge. Police are looking to talk to the drivers of the CRV and the Jetta. A 24-year-old man is dead after an officer-involved shooting on the Ochi's First Nation north of Rocky Mountain House. RCMP say they were called to a residence after a complaint. When they arrived, they say they encountered a person they knew who went back into the home. Police say that person was wanted on outstanding warrants, as RCMP were waiting for a warrant to go inside, the man came out and was shot during a confrontation. We do not know the name of the man killed. Assert the Alberta Serious Incident Response Team is looking into how the officer-involved shooting was handled. A big shopping centre and housing development proposed on the northwest edge of Calgary is ruffling a few feathers. Carolyn Curry de Castillo explains why. The project is called Ascension. It's being proposed by Highfield Land Management and it would be located southwest of the intersection of Highway 1A at 12 Mile Cooley Road. Councillor Ward Sutherland says people living in Tuscany have expressed concerns about increased traffic volumes, but he also says some residents would like to see more amenities in the area. The developers say they've engaged in public consultation and that although some residents expressed concerns about higher densities, the preservation of open space and a variety of lot sizes in the plan area strikes a balance that the project team feels fits into a transitionary context between urban and rural. The project will go to Rocky View Council for a public hearing on April 20th. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. 
And residents of North Vancouver held a candlelight vigil to honor a young woman who was fatally stabbed at a local library. The drive through event was held a week after the attack, which also injured six others. It took place in a park in the tightly knit community of Lynn Valley and was organized by the local Lions Club. Club president Eric Mira says it's important for residents to heal and express their solidarity for the families of those who've been affected by the violence, especially while everyone is already dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Rob Westgate, the Canadian Press. Today's high 8 degrees with a few rain showers or flurries dropping to a low of minus 4 tonight. Then tomorrow, sunny conditions expected and 12 degrees. It's 4 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to talk with Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi, morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I have two questions. One about fuchsia okay. plants, and second about lemon plants. Okay. Um, the first one, uh, fuchsia plants. When when do you expect that you might bring in your your fuchsia potted fuchsia plants? Um, we should be getting some in actually this coming week. We're going to bring in some smaller ones, like the basket stuffers style. Uh, they'll oh. be in like a two and a half or four inch pots. Okay. It's just that last year we purchased a really beautiful uh, fuchsia plant, one that actually grew up versus spilling over yeah. the pot. And we found that just setting it right in amongst the flowers in the flower bed, it just looks so pretty. So yeah, absolutely. Just curious when uh, maybe those that size. Those you, those will expecting. be into into May when you get May. into May. Those okay. yeah, sort of the second week in May we typically will get a more of that the ornamental like the 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 thrillers of the annual. So when oh. you can get a little bit closer to being able to put them outside. Sure. No, that makes sense. Kate, well, I'll mark that on my calendar. Fuchsias are yeah, fuchsia is one of my favorite plants because they're just they're gorgeous and hummingbirds love them. Yes. And it's 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 awesome. So, <laughs> next question. Uh, lemon, uh, your l- little lemon trees uh, that you sell in pots. Um, yeah. A friend of mine uh, uh, bought, and she's noticing that some of her uh, buds are falling off, and she's kind of asking me for advice, and I don't know anything about them, so I thought I'd <laughs> ask you. Yeah, no. Uh, I- I don't uh, think she's repotted it. I don't think she's started her fertilizing program on it. But I do know that she's uh, putting, sort of chasing the sun in different different windows um, so that it gets maximum sun. And I'm just wondering if moving the plant is causing it any kind of stress. It, it, it does a little bit, and especially if it's in the same pot it came in. I would definitely transplant it into a, especially if she's keeping it in a, in a really warm location. Okay. It's probably drying out, and then that dries the the buds up. It needs the nourishment in the soil to provide the the sustainability to. Because if if the plant already feels like it's stressed out a bit on yeah. in the soil itself, it won't produce fruit because Mother Nature it knows that. Hey, if I try to do all that, it's going to take all my energy away, so I don't have anything. So it definitely needs to get transplanted into a good soil. Okay. And then at that point, it, it should be fine. It, it'll sustain, and I would use a fertilizer 
30, 10, 10, yeah, sort of every that. couple of weeks. Yeah, Eight. and then full sun. And, and But when they get transition, like once you get them into your house, it always takes a while. Like I, I still get lots of drop. Like they're they're a bit finicky in the wintertime until we get our sunnier mm. days. Okay. Um, they will... Like, is there a tropical? They used they want they want to be home in Florida, right? So they're up right. here with us. <laughs> it's a right. little bit dry, and so it's it, it's a little bit tougher for them to adjust as well. So you will see a bit of that, and uh, but like I said, and I've mentioned before, I put mine outside typically the first week in June, and I leave it out until the end of August, beginning of September. Okay, I'll pass that along. Thank you very much, and happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. Thank you, Jennifer. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Where I'm at for time, I'm good. I'm going to go to the phone line and talk with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Um, thank you. Um, happy Easter. I don't happy know Easter to you, you as well. I don't know whether you can help me or not. Did you well, ever give it a shot. a plant that doesn't need dirt or water? Yeah, the like air plants, tillandsias, a lot of the orchids and stuff too. Um, this plant that I saw was like a fern-type plant. It was yeah. about five inches tall, and it was in like a goblet. But the card on the back of it, it said no water and no dirt. Yeah, it's sort of, they, they almost look like a sprig of asparagus fern. Yeah. Like they're little frill. Yeah, those, yeah, I'm not even too sure if those are, like, they're sort of like an air plant. And those are, um... And I'm not uh, even sure I if they're real plants. Me. Yeah, well, they they are, but they're not really, like, they're just, yeah, I'm not even too sure if they're a real air plant. Like, they they just, uh, they look like a little sprig of fern sort of thing. Yeah. But there is, like, the, the air plant, like the Tillandsias and a lot of the trees and uh, the, the ones like the staghorn fern, they grow on branches and stuff yeah, this in the jungle. Like so that could be a type of that. But I, I know it, it says it doesn't need water or anything, which is kind of weird. Yeah, and uh, it was in one of those Latin names. And I didn't get yeah. a chance to write it down, but I'm trying to uh, just do a little research and see what this is all about. I never heard of a plant, no dirt, no water. Yeah, I just haven't I haven't seen that for a long time. A lot of times you'll see it at the box stores um, in, and they'll have it at the front desk there or sitting on the counter as sort of a, uh, to buy it on the spot, like a just a spontaneous buy type thing, right? You kind of, oh, that's kind of cool, and they're usually pretty cheap, like a couple bucks. Yeah, well, they're maintenance and, free. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. But I'm, I'm not too sure if they're if they're actually living. It's kind of one of those weird things. So yeah, I don't know, but thank you very much. All right, thanks, I enjoy your program. thanks, Dale. Thanks, Dale. All and right. I appreciate when you call in. You always have those. Uh, the, the inquisitive question, so it's good. <laughs> uh, take care. All thank right, you. thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go to Keith. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? I was in the store yesterday and got some stuff from your store there. My wife did. Yeah. And I had a question about this uh, Rage Plus. Okay. <clears throat> Basically, <clears throat> excuse me, the only fertilizer I need for my whole yard, like trees, tomato plants, vegetable garden. <coughs> it, it works really well. Like it, it, what it does, it, it's like a liquid um, compost in a bottle. So you can use it on everything. Um, 
So you can you just mix those bottles that you get. That makes three hundred and thirty-three liters of fertilizer. That's so, right. yep, yeah. and and it just it adds uh, mycorrhizums, all kinds of fun stuff into the soil, and it brings your soil to life, which in turn feeds your plants. Sometimes I I still like if things are. Like evergreens, I wouldn't use it on as much. Um, the evergreens need a little bit more, I find. But most of the deciduous trees and shrubs and that are fine. A lot of the flowers, veggies, all that stuff work really well with the Rage Plus. So I don't need like another tomato fertilizer at all? No, you should be fine. Um, just watch on if you're growing the bigger tomatoes that you need a calcium supplement. So the same guy yeah. who makes that, I would well, add I a calcium supplement. Blood meal, eggshells, so okay. I don't have a problem that way generally. Okay, then you should be fine. Okay, so I have little tomato plants. I'm going to transplant next week. About forty yep. of them this start of year. So this is this is safe to use as a transplant fertilizer. Absolutely, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, one more. And if you're using good soil, it's uh, and this with your tomatoes, just plant them. Like, don't be afraid to bury them at least half or three quarters of the way down, right? I'm just so going that way they'll get. Next week. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. For like a month and a half in and out of the greenhouse, right? Okay. Because they're pretty delicate, so that'll be okay. Okay. I have a pine yeah. tree. And I'll, I'll use this on the pine tree. It's a young tree. Keeps getting an orange ball on the base of the trunk, and I cut it out. I was told to cut yeah. it out. There's nothing you can do about it, and it keeps coming back. The tree looks healthy. Yeah. Is there anything you guys um, can put on that to keep that orange ball? If, if it back? does come up again. Um, if you could maybe just, if you do, when you cut it off next time, bring it in a bag and then maybe bring it by. If you're near us or another garden center, bring it by and we'll have a look at it. Could be a couple things. It it sounds like it's just more of a, a cyst that is growing out on it. And that sometimes will just keep coming. It might be inside a little bit more. But on like your, for powder. your rage. It's like an orange powder. Sorry? Cut it. When you cut it off, it's like a ball of orange powder. Oh, yeah. So it is a, a fungicide of some site. So I would use a copper spray on that. Copper spray, okay. And I would use 301010 on my evergreens. I find the Rage Plus, um, it doesn't have enough fines or uh, micronutrients for evergreens. I, I like to use the water-soluble stuff for those as well. Yeah. I basically got the rage blocks for the tomatoes and the gar and the vegetables. Yeah. It's organic. Perfect. Yeah, so. Perfect. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. Thanks. Take Thank care, Keith. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to the the text line. I'm going to read a couple texts. Good morning, Merle. The tulips and strawberries are starting to grow. In. Is it too early to water them? Concerned the weather is too cold. Um, no, tulips are if they're coming up. And things like that, um, you can definitely water and uh, add a little bit, especially if the soil is quite dry around them. And strawberries, they're pretty frost tolerant. Same with the tulips. They can handle it. I'm seeing those come up quite a bit in some of the um, warmer spots of, of the soil around houses and things like that. And, and I can't believe the amount of of animal damage I'm seeing this year on big old trees. Just got another picture of a tree. It looks like a big uh, Schubert 
And honestly, at six, eight inches, the bark is chewed right off. Like it's, you can see it's like a half inch thick. They chewed all the bark right off. And uh, I'm not sure if that is mice or rabbits. This one looks like it could be mice, one that was buried in snow. We're underneath there just chewing away. That one's going to be really hard to save. Um, you could maybe try and do the lac balsam over that norm and see if that helps. Um, just put a good coating of that all the way around it. But unfortunately, that tree could uh, succumb to that damage. There's quite a bit of it, so it's not not great on that tree. But I'm seeing so much of that when we have that deep snow over the winter on some of those later months, like January, February, March, we had snow right up until the end. So it's it's a good idea to pull the snow away from the trunk so that way the, the little critters and that don't have the hiding capacity right up against your trees and shrubs. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Going to go to the phone line right now. We're going to talk with Brian. Good morning, Brian. Hi, Merle. Good morning. Trying to Hi there. How can some, I help you? Trying to grow some fireweed. We're in northwest Calgary, Brentwood area, um, kind of a okay. southwest-facing area. We planted seeds a couple, three, four years ago. Nothing came up. Followed it up the second year, and we had a couple of sporadic pieces fly to a different part of the yard and poke up, but never have had any blooms or really any success. Okay, and you're starting the fireweed. Typically, that is a a bit of an invasive um, thing that comes, a lot of times it comes after a fire in the forest and things like that, so... We, we did try and scorch the ground a little bit to simulate that, to try and, you know, we don't want a big yeah. area of it, but we just kind of wanted a little patch there and stuff there, so not to, for it to take over the neighborhood or the yard or anything. But uh, any any thoughts on how we might help it along? Have you, and you and you were starting it from seed? We were, yep. Yeah. Um, it's just really just trying to get it to, and it takes a long time. Like sometimes it takes a while for the perennials to grow. I would try and start, and did you start them inside or just right outside? Right outside, but maybe that's a thought, eh, to, to try and yeah, inside. Tr- yeah, try and, try and start them inside first and then transplant them outside. And do they like uh, like a, a higher pH, like an area by spruce or something? Or Yeah, well, they can take a little bit, but you got to be careful anytime you go near spruces is that it ends up being really dry because the, the spruce tree takes so much of the moisture and the nutrients away. So, right. But they can grow in an organic matter. Like you kind of see them growing in the in the ditch and stuff like that. So um, I'm just – and they usually yeah, – usually they – outside when they grow is when it's disturbed or if somebody digs something up, then they tend to just they, – they start in those areas or like a dandelion in somewhere. Well, that's so, funny. They seem to just want to do their own thing, and we were wondering, do we baby them too much or something? There, they and, and that sometimes right? is, and that is sometimes how it happens, right? You kind of, yeah. you just, uh, you try and do too much for it, and it likes to be abused, right? It likes that yeah. scorched soil, and just we'll get some more when, seeds and. 
start them inside and see if that, uh, and then would you let them get up like uh, six, eight inches or something there and then try? Yeah, and then transplant or? them outside. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Definitely. Thank you for your help. Love the show. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a bit more time. I'm going to go to Pat. Good morning, Pat. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Um, I am uh, have a problem with the house plant. I have a, a bleeding heart glory bower plant. And it's okay. a gorgeous plant. Uh, but all of a sudden, this last couple months, the leaves have gone sort of very, very pale. And it's just looks very poor. And I don't know what's going on there. Okay. And sometimes the leaves will look chlorotic on it. Like, um, it's sort of, is it just like the leaves are sort of turning like a, like a lime green when the, and you see the veins going through them? That's, that's correct. The, the veins are yeah. quite dark. Yep. And that's fairly typical with that plant. So, um, so there's really nothing wrong with it. That's just how they grow. Um, so that's just, this normal fertilized with a 10 or 15, 30, 15 for that. Mm. And I would probably fertilize once a month. You should be fine. It should do. Cause it's a gorgeous plant, but all of a sudden it start going this late. Yeah. Color. No. And as the, yeah. And now the leaves get, as it gets more mature, you'll see more of that. Oh, the plant is over 10 years old. Yeah. So you're going to see more and more and more of that. It's sort of, that's sort of the typical growing of, of that one. So, it's such a right. beautiful plant. Yeah, no, and uh, it's there's nothing wrong with it. Like I said on that part, it's just that's just typically how they 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 grow and they kind of look chlorotic a bit. Mm-hmm. And you can try to use like a thirty ten ten or add a add a little bit of micronized iron to try mm-hmm. and green mm-hmm. it up a bit more if you want. Uh-huh. But like I said, for the most part, that's what it's going to do for you. Well, I guess it's an old plant. It's going great. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's like I said when I even I, I just googled it real quickly, and most of them have that they they have the dark leaves um, near the ends, but the older leaves tend to go that chlorotic and look a little bit veiny. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody wants an interesting plant, they should get one of these. Yeah, they're awesome. Nice viney, beautiful oh, flowers. So it's just beautiful. Awesome. Well, okay, thank you well, so thank much. Thank you very much. Yep. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I'm going to go to where are we at for time? Probably a little bit tight. I might just read a couple uh, texts here. And I started in on here. We are. Happy Easter. Well, thank you so much again. Happy Easter, everybody. And I just got a couple texts on to my phone just with the fireweed. It it is an invasive. Um weed so it it will um again you got to be careful on those to get them going too much otherwise it's it could end up being a bit uh um crazy hopefully but he's having trouble getting it going so hopefully he doesn't end up with too much damage or too much crazy when it spreads all over the whole neighborhood or something like that but you will see it in the ditches and things in uh in some areas as well and I'm going to go, Merle, I need some help. My son has overwintered some peppers, but I am battling aphids. Is there any solution? One of the best ways, again, is you have to spray them every five days. I would use pure spray green. And, again, just you have to just, if, if they're right, 
I would stick them under underneath the tap first. And if you have one of those little spray nozzles on the end of your kitchen tap where you can, so I would just spray the aphids off into the sink and the ones that go down, then I'd give it a spray with uh, pure spray green after that. And you have to do it every five days for about three or four weeks consecutively to break the cycle because they're born pregnant. And so basically as soon as they're born, the new ones out, they come. So you got to break the cycle. So you have to get at them every, every five days and hopefully that will help get them for you. And I'm at the end of this half hour. Going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and 6 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A COVID-19 mass immunization site is opening at the Calgary TELUS Convention Centre this Monday, April 5th. As the site scales up, it'll be able to immunize up to 5,000 Albertans per day who wish to be vaccinated. Beginning tomorrow, you'll be able to book your COVID-19 vaccination through the Alberta Health Services online portal or through 811. Alberta Health is investigating a COVID-19 outbreak involving the P1 variant strain of the virus that was first detected in Brazil. The Chief Medical Officer of Health says the outbreak is connected to a returning traveller. An update with more details on the outbreak is expected tomorrow afternoon. And Canada hit two significant milestones in its battle against COVID-19 this weekend country's total tally of COVID-19 cases soared past 1 million. On the same day, a, a 6 millionth dose of the COVID-19 vaccine was administered. It's 6 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open, 403 974 8255, and I'm going to go to Ed. Good morning, Ed. Yes, sir, uh, Merle. Thank you. How can I help you? Thank you for taking my call. A um, couple course. of questions. Uh, first of all, I've got some raspberry canes and in a raised uh, flower or garden bed, and uh, I noticed the canes are all red. Is that okay? Um. Probably not. It depends, like, red. Because some of them, you'll sort of, they should be gray. Like, there should be, are they all one color, or are they? Yeah, they're all pretty well one color. I was looking for the gray, and I didn't see any. Yeah, it, they could have just, unfortunately, maybe died off. Maybe cut a couple and see what's inside. Like, if they're just totally brown, or if there's any green inside there. Okay. And uh, that would tell you if there's any life. It's just... It's kind of, and I'm just, are these newly planted or are these ones well, that no, have been there for a while? They were planted two years ago. Okay. Um, I, let's just see what it does this spring. Cut a couple off and then just see what they do when they come up here. And uh, if, you, if you don't see much by mid-May, unfortunately, they maybe just died right off on you. Or if you just take, if you just see it come up from the bottom, I would just cut the whole um, batch down to the ground and let them come up from the bottom again. Oh, very good. I'm also transplanting some rhubarb. Uh, when I transplant the rhubarb, should should I put anything in the hole, like fertilizer or anything like that? Um, it, it doesn't hurt to add a bit of a soil amendment um, to them. You could use like a sea soil, something like that, a good potting soil mixture, a compost three-in-one, something just mixed one-third new amendment to the two-thirds of your existing soil. I and see. you just want to make sure you keep it at the same height. And 
if it's in a sunny location and where you're moving it, I would do it as early as you can dig. Like if you can get out and dig the ground, I would yeah. I would move it earlier than waiting too long as well. Okay. Uh, and, right. as as, and as far as the depth is concerned, you, you had indicated just about the same. Depth. Keep it at the same depth. Yeah, yeah. Right. You don't want to. You don't want to change that too much on the bulb. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much for Alrighty. your help. Okay. You're very welcome. Thank you. 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 Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Jane. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. I have uh, a couple of questions. Okay. Um, I'm doing some sweet peas in little um, jiffy pellets, and I'm cutting the bottom off because I know that they have to grow long. Do I set those outside? Is it a good idea to set them outside to germinate because it likes cold? Um, if I was to do it outside, I would just put them right into the ground. Okay. If, if I'm going to leave them outside, and as Diana mentioned there last week, I would just put them right outside. Or if you're going to start them inside and you're doing the right thing with the Jiffy 7s is popping the hole because yeah. they go, they need that deep root. So, okay. Okay. yeah, we so if have... you're just starting them, you might want to just go right outside. Thank you. We have loads of evergreen trees. I think they've got a pine weevil. The tops okay. have multiple leaders and they're curling over. Yeah. Is there any, I know I think we have to cut those off. Yes. But is there any uh, insecticide or spray? No, they have to be cut out. Okay. You can inject them. Uh, you can call Mark with our pruned up division, and he can they can inject. But most importantly is they need to be cut out. Right. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it just eats the trees from the inside out. Yeah. And um, they're, they're big. They're probably 50, oh, 20 feet high. Yeah. Okay. No, we have we have the big we have the bucket trucks. We can go sixty feet up in the air, so or we climb right inside the tree. Yeah, uh, the, well, the branches are not very thick. They're only maybe an inch near the top, so I don't know it'll hold any person on them. Yeah, so then we just use our bucket truck. We go up to the top and and do whatever pruning is needed from the truck. Okay, does the old fashioned malathion work on them? No, you need a systemic. Oh. Okay. Because it's inside the. Is, and, the, and they've taken all the systemics off the market, except for licensed applicators. Okay, I've still got some stuff. Can I can I inject it with a root feeder? Um, it depends what stuff you got. So I don't know what you got. <laughs> I know I, would, I can't I say on the radio. I just, can I? <laughs> I just I would just wouldn't experiment with a bunch of stuff either, right? Like it. It's it's the one for the weevil. They took it off the market a couple, three or four years ago, five years ago. Do you know what it was called? It was it was one called. It was this. Actually, it said weevil killer. I can't remember the exact grub and weevil killer or something like that. Okay, okay. And what do you use for the um, birch leaf miner? What was the old treatment that you put in the ground? Saigon. Saigon. Does that work on? Yeah, latex. Will that work um, on these weevils? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I don't think so. And I'd be careful using the Saigon with other trees. I know like with elm trees, it'll burn the leaves right off. Oh, okay. Okay. So you don't want to do it anywhere near elms and things. When when you're dealing with systemic, you just don't want to, especially if you're dealing 20-foot spruce, yeah. I wouldn't be out there experimenting with chemicals. So. Okay, okay. One little quick thing. The um, hyacinth bulbs that we forced over the 
winter or spring here, are they garbage or can they, if they're rooting in the bottom, will they grow if I put them outside? Um, you can plant them and they'll do a little bit and then they they might come up again next year. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Peter. Good morning, Peter. Uh, good morning, Merle. Um, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. How can I help you? Just a couple of quick questions. I have a big spruce tree out in the back and I got a couple of okay. very low lying branches. I want to cut them off. I can just okay. let, saw those things off and hit it with some green spray. Actually, you really don't even need to do that. Um, if you just cut them off and and just do clean out any of the dead, damaged, or diseased branching, um, you, you should be totally fine with that, Peter. Perfect. The other thing is I got a tree. I think it's a tree. and <laughs> it, just, it, it comes out all kinds of funny angles and branches, but it's got large thorns on it. Okay. And what happens is that it's, it's starting to split now. Um, it seems that Are the leaves no usually gray? Yep. Okay, yeah, it's probably Russian olive, it sounds like. Um, if I cut that right back to the ground, will it grow back? You'll, you will get some growth because they do get a lot of winter kills, so I've seen them as shrubs as well. Okay. Um, so if you do take it right down. But you know what, too, Peter, I'm going to help you out with that as well because when you do all this cleanup of your spruce, and your Russian olives, we're going to get the good folks at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. They're, they're going to help you out with getting rid of some of that uh, junk you have in the yard, your tree debris or whatever else you got. So we're going to give you a $100 gift card towards the oh, cleanup of nice. your yard. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and one Peter, last question. I will, one course. last question, a quick one. So I got, a, I got a, a lovely orchid from you, and all the red stuff, it's in that bark solution. And I yep. got a big bottle of that brown stinky. <laughs> yeah, the Rage Plus. You know, uh, fertilizer. So once a month, I give it a little bit of that fertilizer. Um, I, and, and every week, I just wash, wash some water through the bark. Yeah. And it seems to be doing quite well. What about spraying it with RO water? Just, I mean, th these things grow in the tropical forest. Yeah, you can do that once in a while if you want to give it a little mist or something like that on the on the leaves, just to to give it a little bit of a treat. But really, for the most part, you don't have to. Okay. Um, so you should be fine. Just watch once a week. Might be a little bit. Just watch you don't get too wet. And, well, it uh, washes right uh, through that. In, it washes right through that serrated pot, the internal pot. Yeah, but so once you get into summer and that once a week will be fine. Okay. Just watch when you get into November, December on those on those real short days. Um, just you might want to extend it to every couple of weeks for watering. Ah, okay. So. All right. Well, I'm going to put you on hold, Peter and uh, Carolyn. Our ops will grab your contact and we'll get you all set up for that oh. uh, gift card for one eight hundred God Junk. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. And. You're welcome. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Sean. Good morning, Sean. Hi. Hey, Sean. How's it going this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. We just have a question about our raspberry patch. We've had a raspberry patch in the backyard for 
close to 10 years or whatever. And sometimes, okay. like about three years ago, we had all kinds of raspberries. And the last couple of years, we got hardly anything. Or sometimes we get raspberries right near the end of the freezing. Like, you know, the raspberries start yeah. to come out and bud on. But we're just wondering how, what's the best way to keep, keep, do you, keep them going. Do you like send them them. out ever? Um, they are, they're not very real thick. Like, yeah, we do thin them out. Well, okay. What happens, but sometimes when they, the ones that have, don't have any leaves on them at all, I will cut those back, like the, the, the okay. brown branches, but I'm not yeah. sure. What's so really what leaf? you want to do right now, if you look outside, yeah, you should see them. They should look either brown or gray for the most part. Right. Yeah. And so what you do is you want to remove all the gray wood out of there. So that's the, the wood, what, wood that's yeah that's a couple years old. So that way it's not wasting its energy on that old old wood. So okay, I yeah. would go in there and prune all those out, and yeah. then I would get clean out any debris and stuff. Get a good soaker hose, give it a really good watering when you get into end of April, beginning of May when it yeah. starts hydrating up, and fertilize yeah. with a ten fifty two ten or fifteen thirty fifteen. That's okay. And, that's what I've been using. Uh, fifteen. Perfect. 15. Yeah. Yeah, and so use that. But important to get rid of the deadwood and important to give it that good early watering because that's okay. when it's hydrating up and going to set the blooms and okay. and all the foliage and all that. So give it a really good drink um, sort of once a week um, in early spring into midsummer and you should be fine. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Let me know how that okay. goes. Thanks. Okay. We'll do that. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And I got a couple more minutes here before I got to take a break. I'm going to read a couple texts that I have. Good morning, Merle. We planted cauliflower from seed. They're about one inches tall in mini greenhouses inside our home. When do we move them from starter pods to a two or three inch pot? Never tried before and appreciate your advice. And and we can get them into our yard. Thank you from Belly Acres. Nice. So, Brian, what I would do is... When they're about, that's a little bit tall. When they're, I would go not even into a two or three inch pot. I'd probably go into a four inch pot at least. And when they're about two inches tall, put them into a four inch pot from there. And then they can go out fairly early. Like you're, you're four weeks away. You can put them out usually early May. Those can, the cauliflower and your cabbages and things of that can go outside they're they're fairly hardy they're res, they're uh they're frost resistant so i wouldn't hesitate putting them out a little bit early and you can give that a try and uh you know just make sure you plant them a little bit deeper when you're transplanting because they'll tend to get real floppy on you um and i got uh i got a text from hi merle we bought this jasmine plant a couple of weeks back Keep giving this white coating in the soil. Is this normal? And how do I get rid of it? Thanks for your help, Michelle. Yeah, that's just from keeping it a little bit wet. So just, I, I would get a little, like a stir stick or a chopstick or a fork or something. Get in and just turn the top of that soil up and ensure it's getting um, enough light and things like that into there. So that's just like a like a mildew or or something. Just if it's a little bit too dark. Or if it's in a sleeve or some, if light's not getting at the soil, it's somewhat like a snow mold or a mold type thing. So just just mix the soil up a bit, let it dry out, get it into some sun, and it should be totally fine. That will help clear that up, no problem. And I'm going to take a break, but if you'd like to join me, 
Phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to talk with Dalton. Good morning, Dalton. Hi, Merle. How are you? Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. How can I help you? I got a quick question for you. I have an areca palm. Um, okay. And I've noticed in the last little while the soil is covered in flies, particularly okay. when the small little flies and when you water especially. Yeah. Um, they're just everywhere. What is so the best? Those are fungus gnats. And okay. typically we've had really good success. We... We sell these mosquito dunks, and you kind of make a tea out of them. And I think we're we got a bunch more coming in Wednesday because we're just we're just coming out of the major fungus gnat season. So right. we just sold out a couple of days ago, but I, we have more coming in. They'll be in on Wednesday. Um, so it's a mosquito dunk, and you mix it with water, and then you just water your plants with it, and it uh, it gets rid of those little things. The, and the other ways of the remedy is probably water a little bit less. And you can just aerate the top of the soil a bit, like just stir it around a bit, just to loosen it up, and and just let it dry out a little bit more often. Okay, sounds good, Merle. Thank you very much. Happy Easter. All right, happy Easter Have a great to you day. as well. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Merle. Uh, Hi. I have been wondering about a shrub that. The, they seem to be talking a lot about their hascap berries. Yep, yes. Are they invasive, like goji berries? No, they they aren't. They they stick to themselves pretty good. Okay. Um, yeah, they're they're actually quite nice. They they get they can get about four to five feet high. Sometimes a little bit taller. They also. Um, the fruit is great. They're like I call them Alberta's uh, Alberta's blueberry, and okay. uh, so and they they come out pretty early, so it's good. So the birds and I would like the the fruit. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You guys can share them. Yeah, I share with my Saskatoons and raspberries with the birds, so I could share those too. Yeah, no, and they'll probably typically go after them. The nice thing is with the hascap, they will come up a little bit earlier. Like they produce their fruit a little earlier in the season than the other ones. So oh, yeah. it's kind of nice. You get something a little bit early. So they're, they would be a good bush to get. Yes, absolutely. They're great. Yeah. Nice well, and hardy, good fruit producer. So you should have good success with them. Well, thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Love your show. Bye, Jean. Bye-bye. Thank you. Happy Easter. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go to probably our last call of the day. We're going to go to Temple. Good morning, Temple. Hey, Merle. How are you doing today, bud? Good, good. How can I help you? Good, good. Hey, Merle, I got a a willow in the back of uh, my yard up in the northeast in Saddle Ridge there. And it it took a beating from that hailstorm back in June there, Merle. Yes. Like, yeah, it um, like it's been. Uh, I, I built that home in '03, so it's it's kind of matured quite well. But I tell you, unfortunately, it's, uh, yeah, I you probably 
I'm going to suggest is was it a laurel leaf like just a tree with one trunk or was it a multi-stem tree or yeah it's got one trunk but it's yeah okay. I mean it, it, it uh, willows and it's got white flowers and stuff in the springtime right it really really flowers up but you know looking at it now it's almost like it, it's almost like scabbed right off like it just charred. Yeah, no, I don't know. so you can kind of see what's going to happen because that hail was ferocious. It was unbelievable. Oh. So, if it, it, but if it flowers a lot, I don't know if it's a willow. Is it more of a catkins than a than a flower? Like more of like a like a pussy willow type flower, or no, is it actual flowers? Like like an actual, it, it goes white and it doesn't last long in the spring, and then it just greens right up, and that's it, right? Like all the white. Okay, off. it's probably an ornamental crab, I would okay. think. Okay. Um, it's got it's got like so, um like a blackberry that comes out in the fall, uh, little wee tiny berries. Yeah, you know? so it's an, it'll be okay. It could be uh, actually, it's probably a mayday tree. You get the big white flowers and then the little berries and greens up. So you get a mayday. So what you can do, you can try see what it does but unfortunately that one's fairly susceptible to disease as well so yeah. you might just have to take it right down to the ground it'll come up as a shrub like a b bunch of whole bunch of stems will just grow like crazy out of the ground and it gotcha. can be a multi-stem and then gotcha. you'll just have to control it from that point um so you'll have to let like maybe 15 of them go up and then cut the other ones out or see what it does here this spring but it's probably going to be a mess and gotcha. so you might just want to remove it and maybe start fresh. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sounds sound like, really, yeah, well, I might have to just see what it does in the springtime here. If you, yeah, yeah, and even if, in next week, if you're, if, or if you want to bring a picture down or send something, you can send sure. me an email to, la, to uh, uh, let's talk gardening at siugc.ca. Okay. And I can have a look at it, or you can even call our store and Mark from Pruned It Up. He can come out and just have a quick look at it for you. Very good, Merle. Awesome, buddy. All right. Take Thanks. care. Yeah. Have a good Sunday. Thank everybody. you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again to everybody. Lots of calls, lots of texts. Happy Easter. Stay safe out there and uh, get outside and enjoy the sunshine. Until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.